So I might just move on to our final topic, which is Movember. Um, and specifically, yeah, about Movember specifically and support through support. So Movember's campaign to raise awareness of men's health issues such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer and men's suicide. Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in men in the UK. Globally, more than 1.3 million men are diagnosed with prostate cancer each year. The average age for a man to be diagnosed with testicular cancer is 28. Young children have been diagnosed with testicular cancer right through to men in their 80s, but overall almost 90% of men diagnosed are aged between 15 and 45, so start checking early. Um, the most common symptom is a lump on the testicle or a swelling. Also, it will have been hard not to see the alarming figure last year, which was elevated um, to like the forefront, which is 60 men's lives lost to suicide every hour with the rate of male suicide amounting to three out of four of the suicides in the UK. Every year we see amazing efforts from people. However, every year um, we see amazing efforts from people across the country to grow or try and grow um, a moustache and now there's also a massive sporting challenge such as a 24-hour run tomorrow to raise money and awareness for such an important cause. Um, I remember last year as well, November was one of the only reasons I actually left the house during the second lockdown when I was trying to cover the 60 kilometres within the month. So although, although it was to raise money for such an important cause, it also helped me mentally too. Um, so to, to kickstart our discussion on November, I just wanted to firstly ask Andy and Tom and Rohan um, what this, cam this campaign means to you. Um, Tom, are you happy to start yeah, off? Sure. <coughs> Now, um, sometimes I get social media ads for mental health groups, um, different private therapists, etc. And one thing that confuses me about these ads is that they seem to be almost exclusively targeted to women. I mean, we kind of touched up on this, but um, ever since the 90s, at least, male suicide has made up about 75% of all suicides in the UK. So it seems odd that 100% of these ads are aimed at women. I mean, when you look at that 75%, you know, that is the human cost of toxic masculinity. So when um, companies that claim to be supporting this are portraying it, portraying getting help as a feminine trait, it's feeding into that toxic masculinity and I find that one thing that Movember has done is sort of flip it on its head and it's turned getting help into a sort of a positive thing a masculine thing something that anyone can do and I was also going to touch on the fact that you know the moustache has quite a radical history I'm a, I'm a history student, so I felt the point to this that, you know, um, in the 1920s, it was the it was the facial hair choice of trade unionists. In the in the 70s and 80s, it was the the uh, the symbol of defiance against the um, the AIDS crisis. And now, through November, it's sort of it's becoming the symbol of sort of men helping men save men <laughs> um, 
and I think as, as much as most guys like to consider themselves sort of individual, you know, sometimes it's the most important thing is 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 that collective fight against a common sort of thing that that is unfortunately sort of killing us. Um, that was actually a really interesting addition about history there. Um, but yeah, thank you for your um, kind of open answer about what the campaign means to you. Um, did either of, did anyone else want to add anything about what it means to them? Yeah. Um, can I firstly thank some of the uni lads, some of them probably not even here, for putting on Facebook some of their efforts at growing moustaches in the last few weeks. It does give me a giggle first thing in the morning. Um, quite apart from the fact that I tried to grow a beard about 10 weeks ago because my son's got one and his girlfriend really likes it. Uh, but I had about three weeks of constant itching so I wanted to rip my skin off. So for those who are growing moustaches, thank you very much. You're doing a great job. Um, I think if I can pick up on what Tom just said and um, the tos toxic masculinity issue with suicide, um, it plays into it for, to a degree and I'll say to a degree only. Um, I've probably dealt with over 130 suicides in my time uh, and I've seen many, many suicide notes. Uh, toxic masculinity only would ever form a small part of that. There are a million and one reasons why guys and girls take their own lives and we don't need it playing into any particular phraseology about what it is because if we do that, we shut down the other avenue as a discussion. 75% um, male, 25% male, uh, female suicide is... An old number. Um, I was sat with the Chief Constable of South Yorkshire Police four weeks ago in her headquarters office and she was saying she reads the logs, what we call the incident logs every morning and she's seeing at strategic level the number of female suicides raising while the number of guy suicides is coming down slightly. Um, and I'm still waiting for some numbers from about that from the coroner's officer. But what does it mean to me then? Prostate and testicular cancer. I am of that age. People like me tend to suffer with illness. Um, and some of my peers, unfortunately, have had prostate cancer. We've lost a couple. But thankfully, touch wood, uh, several who've had it have been treated, got it early, uh, and, and gone through, yeah, quite a lot of pain and grief. But we're getting there. Uh, on a personal level, uh, in February, I found a lump downstairs, chaps. It ain't pleasant, believe you or me. I did the man thing for a couple of weeks. It'll be right. It'll go away. It didn't. Uh, so I rang the GP at 8 a.m. one morning. Uh, 8.30, he rang me back. And at 10.30, I was in his uh, surgery being examined, apparently by somebody of the age of 16. Uh, obviously very clever. Um, I've got to be honest, they were brilliant. He sat down and he tried to make sure I was okay and assured me everything's going to be fine. Uh, sent me off for scans. He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you not to worry. Of course you're going to worry. I'm going to send you for a scan. I said, how long? He says, three weeks. <laughs> I can lose a stone in three weeks. Not a problem. Um, and I proved it just through worry. But got there, got the scans, got it sorted, got it done. That was a testicular issue. That then began a conversation about prostate cancer with the doctor. And I'd got to 57 without having the uh, the test. Guys, I'm sure you know what the prostate cancer che che uh, check is. If you don't Google it, it's very unpleasant. It's only lasts a matter of seconds. It's slightly embarrassing, but it needs to be done. Um, and once you're over 50, you're supposed to be getting a test every year. 
what I'm going to say to you is don't hide it, guys. It's just medical stuff. You've got a medic here to your left-hand side. There's nothing that embarrasses these people. The 16-year-old clearly wasn't embarrassed about examining my tackle. Um, so just crack on and get it done. What does it mean to me, in a word? Dead friends. To stop that conversation right there. We either get checked and we, we might have to have some painful treatment and some really embarrassing moments that you come out after and you just laugh and joke about like this. It's, about, it's the same as mental health. Get talking about it. It's a medical issue. That's all it is. And if you don't nail it soon enough and early enough, it nails you. It's dead simple. Uh, so what it means to me is it's good health. I like to run. I like to keep myself as fit as I can. I like my diet to be as right as I can. And if I'm going to do that, then why on earth wouldn't I chase up symptoms at an early stage, yeah? It's all about looking after yourself, guys. And girls, don't look down. It's about you looking after your boyfriends, your, your partners or whatever. You've got a problem. Do what my wife did. You've got 24 hours to ring the doctors. Yeah, so I did. All right. Thank you for that overview. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't you know want a personal, I'll give you personal stories all day. It's not a problem. Um, um, yeah, um, okay. So, did anyone else have anything they wanted to add um, to that? No? But I really like that overview. Um, I haven't really heard it kind of phrased in that way before, but I think it was quite, um, it's very clear. Um. Absolutely. It's got, it's got, <laughs> yeah. The whole thing with the, these things is, we can, we can talk about this all day long. The messaging has to be simple. Do something about it. That's the message, isn't it? You know, we can talk. We can talk for two or three hours tonight. Do something about it. That's the key. Definitely agree with you. Um, okay. So the next question um, I wanted to ask in relation to November. Um, I know Zoe, you'll have a lot of information that you can give us as um, you do talks like up and down the country, but I just wondered if you could give us an overview of the work that you've done with Oddballs Foundation and the message that you're aiming to spread. Yep, so um, I'm an ambassador for Oddballs. Um, we are a testicular cancer charity. Um, so I go to schools, colleges and workplaces delivering talks about what testicular cancer is, why we should be checking ourselves regularly, well boys, and what we do um, at the Old Balls Foundation. Um, so the most important thing is that testicular cancer can affect anyone. Um, so girls often ask why am I in the talk, sometimes schools even say, oh we're removing the girls from the talk, and I say why are you doing that? Um, because they don't have balls, um, which is quite obvious they can't get testicular cancer. But a granddad, a brother, a friend, a partner might get it in our lifetime. Um, so it's really important that everyone knows about it. And also, if someone comes to you, you know what they should be looking out for. You know where they should go to get help. So everyone needs to know about testicular cancer, not just men. Um, so the Oddballs is actually an underwear company and charity. Um, so I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Oddballs, um, but there's very loud underwear. Um, to raise awareness and grab attention and in 2015 the charity was set up um, which is great and we have a lot of partnerships with England rugby and football so very heavy in sport um, which is good because obviously male role models um, supporting um, is really good to show inspiration to young men um, to talk about the balls as well so I deliver talks and I put up Check Yourself Guides, um, which are step-by-step -step guides on how to check yourself. Um, you've probably seen them in the 
buildings around uni. Um, as I've been told, they're up everywhere, um, which I don't think is a bad thing, actually. Um, and, yeah, in the spoons and things like that, in the pubs. Um, and fundraising campaigns. So we're doing Movember, Obols, Hats as well, um, with the phrase, check yourself, um, to break down the stigmas. Um, which is really good. Um, and a bit about what cancer is, because um, I'm a medic, so I'll tell you a bit about that, because people often don't actually know what it is. Um, so half the people in this room will get cancer in their lifetime. Um, it is a condition where specific cells in a body um, grow and reproduce uncontrollably, and the cells can invade and destroy surrounding healthy tissue, including organs. And if you didn't know what testicles are, they are oval-shaped male sex organs and they produce sperm and testosterone, which are important for reproduction and development. And as Charlotte said, it is the most common cancer for men between 50 and 49. So I go to schools and I say, I know a lot of you don't want to think about cancer at your age, um, but there are, you can get it, so it's really important that you know about it. Um, and it's called the young man's cancer because of the age group it affects. And 2,300 men are diagnosed each year in the UK um, with testicular cancer and having a close relative with a history of testicular cancer does increase your risk of develop developing it so it's important that you speak to your family about it ask has your granddad had it before has your uncle had it and if they had you need to be more aware um, you need to check yourself more regularly because you are at more of increased risk which people don't really notice or realize um, so the most important bits that I message that I spread is the warning signs, how it's diagnosed and how it's treated. So the most common signs and symptoms are lumps, bumps and pain and swelling. Um, but some people might just get a feeling of heaviness or a sharp pain that may come and go. Um, so what we say is to get to know your testicles. If something doesn't feel right for you, go straight to the doctors and get it checked out. So you don't need to have the textbook symptoms, um, but you'll know if something doesn't feel right for you. And the best time to check yourself is after a warm bath or shower and the last Sunday of every month. Um, and obviously everyone's got busy lives. Um, so we say put a reminder in your calendar so that you don't forget. And that's the same with women as well. And diagnosis includes a simple examination with your GP and a chat about any symptoms, which is what Andy went through. And yes, it's not embarrassing. Don't let that hold you back. Oh, it is <laughs> okay, it's embarrassing. <laughs> you shouldn't be embarrassed. Um, I'll rephrase. You shouldn't be embarrassed. Um, doctors do it day in, day out. Um, there's worse things we've done um, in, in our um, careers. So yeah, it's not something that should let you hold you back. And one boy actually did ask me, what happens if I get an erection during the examination, which is actually a genuine concern. That's also very normal. And the reason why people don't, men don't go to the doctors is because they're embarrassed by getting their balls out in front of a stranger. But please don't let you hold, that hold you back um, because it is normal for the professionals. And CT scan can take place um, to check if the cancer has spread as, as well. And if you do um, have testicular cancer, um, surgically removing the testicle, which is called an orchidectomy, is usually the treatment. Um, and that completely cures the cancer in 75% of cases. Um, but in the other percentage, chemo and radiotherapy can be done to make sure that the cancer doesn't come back. And um, a lot of people ask about fertility um, because obviously that's a concern. You've lost a testicle. Can I still have kids? Yes. Um, we have two organs for a reason, two lungs, two ears, two eyes. If one fails, the other one can step in. And that is very much the case for testicles as one testicle produces billions of sperm every day. 
Um, but they can scan and freeze sperm if they are concerned about that. Um, and there's an option to get a prosthetic testicle fitted, um, which makes everything feel normal afterwards. So they bring out a tray and you get to pick which one you want um, to make it feel normal. So you could get a giant one if you wanted, I guess. Um, and one boy asked me if he could get um, LED lights and a Bluetooth speaker in his prosthetic testicle. Um, but unfortunately, that is not a thing we can do. Um, but maybe one day it would be pretty cool. Not on the NHS, no, maybe private. <laughs> so if you find a lump or swelling, remain positive. And the most important thing is to speak to someone, speak to a family member, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, parents. A problem shared is a problem halved, and that's the same with mental health problems. It might feel like a massive barrier to step over to speak about it, but honestly, once you get it off your chest, it will feel so much better, and the people are there to support you, to go to the doctors with you, and testicular cancer is much more effective when started early. So 98 to 99% of men diagnosed early with testicular cancer are completely cured, which is a massive statistic and is why we raise awareness because we're trying to get there before um, it progresses to the later stages. Um, so the message is check yourself, encourage your friends to do so, and if you've got any concerns, please speak to a doctor it's what they're there for and you should not be embarrassed. So, yeah, I hope that was a good overview of testicular cancer. Thank you. I never thought I'd sit on a panel and actually be considering having a, a Bluetooth speaker put in a testicle and downlighting. <laughs> How incredible is this? Where's my life going? Um, no, I just wanted to add, uh, all the discussions at the moment are about COVID. Another government, um, an, another government press conference today about COVID numbers, COVID, COVID. Cancer cases are getting missed because people aren't going to the GP. Um, I think they're talking something like 500,000 people who could have been checked this year haven't been checked because they're scared about going to the GP. The GP don't want to listen to it. They're all too busy with COVID. My experience was absolutely first class. Literally from being in a surgery two hours later to, from making a call to being within the NHS getting scanned out in three weeks. All I'm saying is... If you know anybody who's thinking or worried about it, just tell them to get it done. Go to the doctors and start that process off. Because unless they know, they can do nothing about it. Thanks both. Um, yeah, thank you Zoe for that really good overview. Um, so I mentioned earlier um, that there are some new sport challenges attached to the Movember campaign as well. And I've seen some of our amazing accomplishments by our clubs, but I also wondered, how sport has supported some of our panel guests' mental health too. Um, I wondered if anyone wanted to answer that. Yeah. Tom? <laughs> I know you mentioned about rugby earlier though. Yeah, I mean, I can do. Yeah, so I mean, I touched on earlier about um, how that just that sense of community really helps. Um, I, I mean, up during the pandemic, but you know, even goes a bit, bit beyond that and sort of that pre and now sort of semi-post pandemic world is that what, what rugby has done um, for me at universities is provide a space where I don't have to think about deadlines. I don't have to think about exams. I don't have to think about essays. Don't think about any sort of work at all. I can just have a bit of a laugh with a group of mates, chuck a ball around, get hit a few times, 
which you know can be quite therapeutic um and yeah it's 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 just a way of sort of taking taking a step back from all the pressures of life and university and getting a bit of exercise in which i think exercise is something when people talk about mental health they 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 often forget how powerful exercise can be in thing in that sort of releasing of endorphins <laughs> um so yeah i think that that for me um sports is is almost like a like a a second therapy session <laughs> Thank you. So um, I play a few different sports. Um, I play hockey like Zoe, but I also um, I rock climb. Um, it's kind of a niche sport. Um, but for me, I've always climbed since I was younger, but I properly started climbing uh, about three years ago now. Um, and climbing for me has like, done wonders um, for both my fitness, but my confidence. Um, and if I have a bad day, I just go climbing. Um, unfortunately, my grandma was recently diagnosed with cancer and the day, she, like, we found out one day, well, we found out the day she had her operation. I just went and climbed for the whole day. Um, I've got a lovely community where I climb and it's just such a powerful thing because it teaches you um, that you can do things that you might find challenging. Um, I have a massive fear of falling, which kind of makes me a better climber, I think, because I just won't fall because I'm too scared. But um, it just means that when I'm there I haven't got the space to think about anything else because I'm too worried about falling and I'm too worried about trying to solve the problem that I'm working on to get to the next hold and it just gives you such a clarity but afterwards the sense of achievement when you think I did something and my mantra um, I tell myself I can do hard things so if I'm going to do something scary I just say I can do hard things over and over and climbing just reinforces that yeah you can so each time I climb a route that's harder um, and I'm not the tallest of people I'm only five foot two so I have to work that little bit harder than someone that's quite tall to make to the next hold or get into the position I need to and to build the strength but it just gives me that confidence and reassurance that I can do something difficult um, for the days where I need that so it's, it's really powerful. Um, yeah I know what you mean about building the confidence I definitely don't think I'd have ever I couldn't have imagined myself kind of sitting on any panel talk or going for this role if I hadn't joined rugby I think that massively improved my confidence and I'm now finding it like quite an outlet and I like going and being called Blossom and not Charlotte um, but it's the yeah it's nice to kind of sometimes you go and it's like you kind of your team you're like part of a team rather than yourself for a second and it's kind of nice to kind of step away from things um so um i'm moving on to my last question now the panel talk um but we all as we mentioned um before about breaking the stigma surrounding mental health um i thought it'd be nice again to like talk about this especially with reference to men's mental health um and what are ways you understand we can end this kind of stigma with men's mental health um yeah so this kind of answers both this question and the last question um but just sort of thinking about how we can end the stigma um i think sport and particularly men's sport can be really powerful um it can create a sense of inclusion and being part of the team and a lot of people 
really want to be part of a team, to feel part of something, to feel part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that's really powerful. Um, one of the stories from people I've worked with um, in sport and mental health across universities, um, this wasn't this university, this was another university, and the story is a couple of years old, so hopefully this isn't um, something that's faced regularly. But on the rugby team, um, they had a guy who would wear a long leather trench coat, long um, long hair, um, would probably identify as a goth, um, was quite different, quite alternative, and all the rugby team went out drinking with him, and someone started picking on him, and some people were saying some homophobic slurs, things like that, and the rugby team stepped in, and they were like, no, no, that's not okay, he might be weird, but he's our weirdo, and you're not allowed to do that, and I think that's such a lovely story. Um, it's such a nice message, because once you're part of something bigger than yourself, you belong, and that opens that conversation that it's okay to be different, because you're part of that team, so doesn't matter if you've got long hair it doesn't matter what you wear you're part of that team at the end of the day and you'll always be part of that team yeah I know what you mean it kind of it definitely provides a support network especially away from home um I definitely found that when I came to uni and joined the different sports teams um did anyone else have anything they wanted to say to round off the end of the panel talk I was just going to say a quick thing that um, I think it's really good to not be afraid to say something that goes against other people's opinions. Um, I think that a lot of people just go with what everyone's saying and if you stick with um, what we've been talking about today, what should be normal, um, then I think that's a good way to go forward and not be afraid to back people up. Can I just say from, uh, not from the mental health, not from Andy's Man Club, uh, but from a parent's position, I know what it's like to be 226 miles away from Edinburgh when your kid's suffering and your kid's struggling. And it took him a long time uh, before he actually admitted that he got a major problem. Um, keep in touch with home. Keep your mum and dad and parents and, and siblings updated with where you are and how you are and be honest because this isn't easy what you're doing. I think there's a, there's a big gloss on university. It's all exciting, get there, it's freshers and everybody's having a great time. Do you know what? There's a lot of people sat in rooms who are really struggling because they get away from home and that first few months, that first year can be ever so difficult. So this, it's not about this tonight for me. It's a personal thing because I'm actually <laughs> feeling quite parental looking around the room. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I'm quite happy with that. But uh, I think it's an important perspective. It's often missed. You're away having a whale of a time, in inverted commas. Actually, sometimes you're not. Uh, so just be upfront and be honest and keep that contact and keep talking, okay? Thank you, Andy. Um, I think that is a nice way to kind of wrap up the end of our panel talk. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to all our panellists. Um, you've been amazing and provided excellent and topical discussion. Um, yeah if you're struggling please make sure you reach out and everyone look after yourselves it's okay if you're struggling um well it's not okay but you know it's, it's okay it's okay to, yeah um yeah so thank you everyone